You may be seated. Great to be here in Chantilly. You probably think, well, Pastor, you look 39. Thank you very much. I love being lied to. But anyway, I'm really 69. I first started preaching at Grace Covenant when I was 39. Coming here 30 years. Pastor Brett, Cynthia, their family. So many great friends here. I'm so privileged to be here. And I'm going to preach a message this morning I've never preached before other than this morning. Lord, help us. You've already poured out your presence on us today. You made yourself so real. I'm asking now that you come and bring us into a transformative moment. Not merely information. I'm asking for a powerful inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about overcoming the fear of death. I'm going to subtitle it, Embracing the Power, the Promise and Power of Christ's Resurrection. When we think of the fear of death, we really think of, my gosh, I'm going to die. What's going to happen to me? Now, the fact of it is, Jesus definitely took care of that. We accept him as Savior and Lord. When we die, we spend eternity with him. But here's the incredible news. You don't have to wait until you die to experience resurrection power. Many of you are facing a death right now. Maybe it's a kid that's broken your heart. Maybe it's a death in your marriage. Maybe you fear there's some type of early dementia or something coming after your brain. Maybe it's a bad doctor's report. Maybe it's your business, your finances. I have good news for you. I have good news for you, Christian. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. I want to help you activate that today. I want to help you experience. You know, how many of you felt Jesus today, his presence? He came down on us. I love that. The disciples had watched Jesus do all kinds of miracles. I mean, he walked on the water, raised the dead. He looked at him and said, it's better for you that I'm leaving. They thought, I can't, we can't conceive of that. He says, you've had me with you. But if I go, I've asked my dad to send the Holy Spirit. Everything you saw outside of you is going to live in you. First Corinthians 15, 17 to 20 said, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, our faith is futile. We're still in our sins. Those who've died will never, ever be raised back. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, where all of people will be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Now, there, that's true. If the only hope we have dies with us, that's not much hope. The fact of it is, when we die, we go to be with him. I pastored for many, many years in Rocky Mount. 
We had one of the legends in the city, older African-American man who worked for the city. He and his wife, they had both been widowed. When they got married, they had 16 kids between them. He was a saint of God, beloved in our whole city. And he was with his wife and had to go in the emergency room and he was dying. He died and all the doctors given up. His wife said, get out of here. You know what you're doing. She said, Robert, come back. True story. He floated off the bed. Spirit reentered his body. Came back to us for a year. He said, I got to the gates of heaven. And the Satan said, he's mine. She said, get out. He's mine. He said, Robert, you've got unfinished work. I'm sending you back. He'd tell our men of heaven. He'd walk with angels. Then we did his funeral. Died again in a year. All seven of his sons were there unsaved. And I told the story of him being raised from the dead. And I said, God brought him back because he had seven sons not saved. How many of you know all seven sons got saved that day? In fact, the funeral director got saved that day. In fact, about everybody got saved that day again. But you don't have to wait until you die to experience resurrection power. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Here's our peril. The Bible says, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to a lifetime of slavery. The fear of death will enslave you in depression. Fear of death will enslave you in despair. You ever face death head on? I have. I've laid dying with no hope of the doctors at 23 after contracting hepatitis in the jungles of a war zone. It's a young missionary dying delirious in the middle of the night the glory came I woke up well you ever faced death in a loved one ever held a dying child with no hope I have ever let him tell we're sorry your wife's cancer spread to her brain peace of God floods your soul and says don't bother praying she lives no you ever fight for a child that's wandered off and not seen him? I have. You ever feel like your dreams died? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil wants to rob you of your peace, kill your faith, destroy your hope. But Jesus says, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. The moment you were born again, the Holy Spirit of God 
the very third person of the Trinity who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And before we're done this morning, I'm going to help you activate that reality and supercharge your life and supercharge your faith. My prayer for you this morning is the prayer of Paul in Ephesians 1, 16 through 20. He talks about, I never stop praying for you. I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart be opened to see some things. I want you to see your rich, glorious inheritance. But here's what else I want you to see. I want you to see the immeasurable greatness of God's power you possess. In fact, let me tell you this. The power you possess works just like the might of God worked when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him. Do you realize the power of God in you? Do you realize it? The time I was 33, I had an autoimmune disease. I hardly knew what it was then. My doctor was one of the great doctors in America and spirit-filled. The only thing worse than a doctor telling you you're done is a Christian doctor telling you you're done because then both God and the doctor's given up on you. He goes, I don't know what to do for you. Something's wrong with you. You're getting all the symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, but you don't have it. Your immune system's shattered. We don't know what to do. Quit work for two years. That was right with four small children. Might have been 35. I can't remember what it was. I'd get so numb I couldn't feel myself. Other times I'd just lay in bed at night with pain just gripping me and ripping into my soul. But I began to realize what's impossible with man is possible with God. And that numbness would come and that pain would come. I'd taken months off. Nothing was better. And I would lay hands on myself. I'd say, Holy Spirit of God who lives in me, heal me. And the power of God drove that autoimmune condition out of my body. Made me whole. How do you experience that? How do you activate the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you? I'm going to give you five principles. Those of you that heard me preach over the last 30 years know how much I love alliteration. The first one is C. I want God to open your eyes to something. I want you to see something. Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. And he wasn't talking about after he died. He's talking about right there, right now. He'd been stoned, beaten. He was having some kind of deep physical malady that wouldn't go away. He said, I want to know the power of your resurrection. In John 5, 20 and 21, 
The Pharisees are really questioning Jesus on why he would dare to heal someone on the Sabbath day. The father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. You know, everybody wants to marvel at something. There's something in every human that wishes like superheroes were real. Come down and rescue you, save you from the monsters. But there's no one as marvelous as the Jesus we serve. He said, for as the father raises the dead and gives life, so also the son can give that same life to whoever he will. One of Jesus' best friends was Lazarus. When he got really sick, his sisters didn't even use the name. Hey, your buddy, one of your dear friends, the one you love, is sick. Disciples figure, man, why aren't we going? They didn't realize he was waiting for him to die. He goes, well, let's go wake up Lazarus. He goes, is he asleep? No, he's dead. And I'm really glad he died for your sake. I mean, that's just kind of mean, like, okay. You like letting this thing die? Shows up. Mary, one of the closest humans to him, is so broken and discouraged, she don't even come out to meet him. Old Martha comes out. She said, I don't want to make you feel bad. You know, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Okay, thank you. And I know even now, uh, like whatever you ask, you can get. Your brother's going to rise again. She goes, I got that. I know there'll be a resurrection one day. He'll rise. I get that. He said, Martha, you're looking at the resurrection. I am the resurrection. And what's he saying? You don't have to wait for the resurrection of the dead to taste some of this. Pastor Jim, my, my kids just disappeared to me. My business is broken. There's some dead spots in me. I was so traumatized. I appreciate counseling. But there are forms of trauma so deep, you just need a resurrection. My heart's numb. I don't have emotions like I should. I'm so afraid the early onset dementia in my family is getting me. I'm so afraid. Two of you are saying, I've got some patterns that scare me in my mind because of my parents. He said, whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe it, Martha? Now, we know sooner or later, unless the Lord comes, all Christians die. Doesn't really scare me to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. Just said this. I got, you don't got to wait till you die to have a taste of this. I can resurrect your dream, your child, your marriage, your business, and your health. How do we appropriate this promise? One of our every nation pastors reached out to me and said, there's this, this great couple in my city. They're not in every nation. They're great young leaders. I really need you to talk with them. 
So he's a good friend. I said, okay. So I zoom with him and this young couple get on there, explosive church. The minute I see her, I start crying. I start crying, man, what is wrong here? And uh, she'd had Lyme disease as a child. She's a genius neuroscientist. And she got really traumatized and that Lyme disease reappeared and wrecked 40% of her mental functions. Couldn't raise her head from the pillow for six months. Two small, two small kids. I told her, I said, you listen to me right now. I felt the Holy Spirit come. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you. He is going to restore everything you've lost and more. And he will. Now, how do you seize that? How do you take hold of that and apply that to where you live and where you are right here and now? Jesus, in John 6, beginning in verse 40, it's one of the riches. He goes, by the way, I'm the bread of life. They go, yeah, you're like, okay, you're the bread of life. Yeah, I know uh, that bread, that manna fell down from heaven, you know, Moses and this and that. That was great, but every one of them died. If you eat this bread, you'll live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. They're, they're stunned, okay. Is he like saying we should like chop him up and eat him? Like is this cannibalism? Like what's this mean? She said, listen, let me lay it out. If you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. But if you do, I'll flood you with eternal life and I'll raise you on the last day. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides with me. Now that's just, a lot of people left the church that day. <laughs> like, but what's he really saying? What is Jesus saying? How do you feed on the living Christ? How do you feed on that? How do you activate how do you seize that resurrection? Then he explains it. As the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So whoever, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. It is a spirit who gives life. Your flesh ain't going to be any help when it comes to raising something dead. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. What are you saying? Eat my word. Feed on my word. Meditate on my word. Speak on my word. So no matter what death you're facing, begin to feed on the scriptures I'm giving. Read them, heed them, invite them. Because as you feed on the living word of God, it activates the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Now, once you've done that, how do you, shall I say, get a power surge? How do you amp that up? 
I face many forms of death. My life. I've, been, I've worked for every nation 29 years. I've traveled, I think, 4 million miles and been gone 4,700 nights somewhere in the world. I've had agonizing pain, wanted to go to the hospital, joints numbing all of it. What have I learned? What have I learned? Let me show you one of the keys to to stirring this resurrection life in you. In Romans 10, 6 through 10, says this. Faith righteousness doesn't have to say in his heart, I'm going to go up to heaven and bring that God down here to help me. Nor does it say, I'm going to go down into hell. I'll go through all this hell. I'll finally find him and help me. No. Why? Because this powerful word is near you. Where is it? It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him dead, you'll be saved. So when you're born again, you confess, Jesus, I invite you in my heart. You're my Lord. But it's not just for your initial salvation. This triggers God's power. With the mouth, you confess. With the heart, you believe. With the mouth, you confess and you're delivered. Maybe it's my age, but there are whole people, a lot of people that I really love right now that the doctors tell me they're dying. A bunch. I'm older than all of them. I've got friends of decades losing their mental faculties. I've got men I've walked with. The doctors say, you're fatally ill. And here's what I've learned. There is a power in confessing this word. I call it vertical shift. If you want to be shifted out of your depression and your unbelief, don't just read the Bible. Confess it. Last night I was thinking about all the death around me and I was, I just, I just felt to read in the Psalms. I was reading through Psalm 79. I think it was verse 11. It's not, it just struck me what it said. It said this. He hears the groans of the prisoner. He preserves the life of those doomed to die. I begin to say, Lord, right now I lift up so-and-so. I am saying right now you have heard their groans. You're preserving their life. My phone rang. One of my dearest friends who had a terrible stroke, just started walking again, prayed for me every day for 20. The guy says, he had another stroke. He's back. And I said, no. I stood to my feet. I say, right now you are the God who made the deaf hear, the mute speak. The lame walk. I say, you're quickening him right now. To tell you right now, when you speak 
that word. I've got what I call my impossible list. That means there's no way it's happening without God. I said, Lord, right now, it is impossible for this person to be healed in the natural. It's impossible for what's happening with my child. It's impossible. But you say, all things are possible to those who believe. And if you stand and speak to that mountain, you just got to speak to it. Faith is voice activated. Say, whatever doesn't work, I'll go down in faith. There's just a time you have to stand. One of my precious sons, I can remember crying when he signed his college scholarship to play football. Went off to the mission field with his brother in a very dangerous, got a terrifying parasite. Brought him from 228 pounds to 105 pounds dying. Suffered years, injured his faith and wandered off from God. Just wandered. I mean, he, he went all the way down Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. Middle of it all, the Lord told me, when he's 30 years old, he shall return. Lord, you say when he's 30, I stand on your living word. I was in Africa at the age of 30. My text, my, he was 30, that dad's in Africa. Phone lit up. Hey, dad, send me a Bible. He had turned 30 and the Holy Spirit of God from heaven had fallen on him, pinned him to the floor for six hours without human aid and transformed him. There's nothing this Holy Spirit can't do. There's nothing... The resurrection power of God. Listen, I would be dead. My wife would be dead. I have kids that would be dead. I don't fear death. I've looked it in the eye. But I refuse to die before my time. Now you listen to me. How do you do this? And once you begin to surge it, you've got to keep it stirred up. You know, the Bible talks about this thing in Hebrews 6, 2, laying on of hands. It's like one of the foundations of the church. It's right up there with resurrection from the dead, faith, eternal juggle. Oh my God, laying on of hands. Then it says things like in Mark 6, 13, they cast out demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. It says in James 5, 14, if you're sick, let him call for the elders of the church. May I just tell you right now, you've got to stir your faith. My wife should be dead. I mean, they, I can't think of all the things they've told me. She'll never drive. They're, we think she's got brain cancer. We think it's in her lymph nodes overall. Here's, there she's, she just renewed walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. They botched her cancer treatment some years ago and left her um, esophagus so messed up that she can easily get syncopes and like cut, her, cut air off to her brain. Well, there's no fixing for that. But it's getting fixed. Well, why is it getting fixed? Because my wife and I use anointing oil and laying on of hands like you use medicine. Now, I believe in medicine, too. You get my age, it's only about the next pill, it seems like. That's another thought. But every night, I lay hands on my wife. I anoint her with oil. And I confess the living word of God over her. Then she lays hands on me with the anointing of oil. Praise. Why? Because the Bible says to do it. The Bible says when we lay hands, the power of the Holy. It's why I laid hands on my children every night. 
It's why I speak the word of God over all my children and all my grandchildren every night. You need a resurrection. Get up here and have the elders anoint you with oil. Ask for prayer. Then let me boil this down. There comes a time where you've got to strive and stand. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.35 that women receive their dead back by resurrection. There are only two women in the Old Testament that did that. The widow of Zarephath, a pagan woman living in Jezebel's father's kingdom who God touched. And the woman of Shuman, a wealthy woman who was barren. Elijah visited the widow of Zarephath. Elisha, Elisha visited the woman of Shuman. Elijah was in Zarephath, living with a, a widow woman, on the, on, basically starving to death with her son. He touched her meal by, he touched her meal thing and flour just kept appearing. Lived with her and one day her boy died. She goes, you lied to me. I took you in. You're a prophet. Where's God now? He said, take me up. Little boy laying there dead. Shut the door. He said, uh-uh. This old woman took me in. She had nothing. Don't let her die under my watch. Watch me. God said, okay. Get on top of that child. Crouch over him. Just like you think you're having, just like a woman was you having a baby. And put your mouth on that little boy's mouth and breathe. Child came back to life. He mentored a man named Elisha. The woman he had prophesied would have a baby. About five or six old, that baby, that little boy dropped dead. Why did you get my lie? He said, uh-uh. Shut the door. He goes, well, I remember what I'd heard in church. I remember what my mentor taught me. He got right up. Nothing happened. We quit too quick. We stopped confessing too quick. He goes, uh-uh. Said he began to walk in circles around death. One more time. Don't give up. Some of you are circling death this morning. You don't know what to do. It's, you're in a stalemate. How can it come back? How can it happen? One more time. It gets back up. child lived. If I go down, I won't go easy. I'm filled with resurrection power. I'm going to tell you one last story. As Pastor Corey joins me up here. My brother was born dead, my youngest brother. God raised him up. 71, he was missing a chamber of his heart to the greatest surgeon in America at Stanford. They operated, and the doctors, I'm sorry, I've done all I can. Your son's dying. My dad says, he won't die, God's already told me. Man was an atheist. He's gonna die, no he won't. Of course he didn't. Doctor says, I never believed in prayer till today. 
Could barely walk sometimes because the heart didn't work, just kept alive, should be dead. 24 years old, he was in a wheelchair, he'd not been doing well, and my dad was fighting a form of MS going down our wheelchair ramp. It's my youngest brother. Slipped, he fell out of the wheelchair and died. Laid there dead. My dad said, oh God, don't let my son die by my own hand. I'll never forgive myself. Amazon, he spoke, live, live. By the time the ambulance got there, it's resurrected. Don't give up. Hear me, beloved, listen to me. Don't give up. He brought me out of my deathbed. The Holy Spirit surged in me, healed me from audioimmune. Brought my boy who's lost me back when he turned 30. Death seems so final. It's so scary. Why do you think when Jesus would be always, the little girl was dead, all the people morning goes, turn off the music, she's asleep. They go, you're an idiot, he's dead. No, she's sleeping. Because death to Jesus is no more than sleep. How many of you say, I'm facing a death in an area of my life. I need God's help. Raise your hand. Wave at me real big. If your hands are up, stand your feet right now. I'm going to pray with you. Just stand up. You need a resurrection touch today. You need the quickening of resurrection life pouring into you right now. Let me tell you, life trumps death. Say this with me. Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. I don't have to wait until I die to be resurrected. I am claiming your resurrection power right now. There is nothing you cannot quicken. There is nothing you cannot raise up. I receive your resurrection power in my body, in my life, in my family, in my business, in my mind, in my finances, in my children, in my grandchildren. Now let me pray. God of resurrection. You are the resurrection and the life. And I pray in this, my beloved Grace Covenant family, that you would activate eternal life in every one of them. Those that may not know you yet, may this be the day. I want to thank you. Resurrection trumps death. Resurrection is greater than